Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Galzo, Chronicles of the End Times. So glad to be with you again today. Today we have a special podcast, a good friend of mine and fellow author, Dan Hennessy, in his new book, Without Time, available now on Amazon and Kindle and paperback. Uh, this book is a not only a, a great book and a great read, but a spiritual book as well, uh, with demons and angels and uh, just an amazing characters. And uh, when I first looked at it, I saw uh, the author, Daniel Ignatius, and I looked at him and I said, well, that's got to be the same guy, Dan Hennessy. You know, maybe, Dan, you could tell us a little bit about the origins of the pen name. Ignatius is actually my middle name. Um, I remember growing up as a kid trying to keep that as one of my great secrets in life. <laughs> uh, I was named after my grandfather was born in, I guess, 1878, um, so it's a good Irish name. Um, uh, St. Ignatius and all of that. But um, I kind of grew to, to love the name over the years. And uh, I had written another book, a, a business book, and I worked for a number of years at the New York Times and did a lot of business writing. And so Daniel Hennessy was sort of already out there. So I figured um, I wanted this genre to start off fresh. And uh, this was my first real Christian novel. Um, and so that I chose the name Daniel Ignatius. It's amazing how our perspective changes through the years, right? I think that's really uh, great that you're honoring your grandfather that way. From what I understand, this is your first book, and it's taken you quite a while to put this all together. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, the book took me probably close to 20 years uh, from the point that it was initially, you know, a seed of inspiration until it was finished. The, um, You know, and I say that because I came back to it you know, many, many times over those years. Uh, um, and it really wasn't until, I guess, 2015 when I really began in earnest to try to finish the book up and really felt a surge of inspiration to do that. And um, so the actual writing of the book, probably more than half of the book was actually written in about the last year from the 2015-16 period. Well, that makes me uh, feel a little better, too. <laughs> I think uh, sometimes it takes me a year to do something, and I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, But uh, it's cool that you had, you know, that in your heart to do. You know, um, so many people start out writing a book, um, and they never finish it, you know, because they figure, ah, you know, whatever, I don't have time, or it's not coming out like I want, or whatever the reasons may be. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but I read about it one time, and quite a few uh, people, the percentage is pretty high. It just they just never follow through again. But but you did. You stuck in there, and it's, it's just an awesome insight into the spiritual world and um, something that exists. You know, we we walk around thinking that you know we're it, but uh, we're not it. <laughs> There's a lot going on that we don't see. Um, I love the character Jimmy, uh, the main character you have in the book. He really goes through a lot of changes. This young man, and uh, it's amazing. He sees these visions, these angelic visions, and uh, it really draws you into the story and into the character. What made you write such a story? Well, the uh, <clears throat> actually, we go through life, right? And I think that this book was something that evolved over time. Um, it sort of developed in me uh, over a period of years. And I, it's, the, it's the book, the finished product is something that I could never have written 20 years ago uh, because it was really based on um, a whole string of uh, experiences. Um, a lot of them were tragic experiences, things that were painful in life. And, and the book kind of goes through Jimmy's discovery, you know, this main character's discovery of 
how God can do re- amazing, remarkable things that demonstrate his love, his unfathomable love, using painful experiences. And so a lot of the book um, addresses that and, and kind of tries to answer the question of why God allows bad things to happen, why sometimes uh, it seems like he doesn't answer prayer or he refu- it seems like he's refusing to answer prayers. Um, and then the outcome tends to be spectacular, you know, beyond anything we could imagine. So um, that was part of it. There were a couple of experiences in, you know, that I had uh, gone through in life that I think the writing became an outlet for and gave me a chance to kind of find some release uh, for those experiences. The first of those was um, when my when my father died back, uh, it's been 30 years ago, um, <clears throat> I remember he um, had been sick and he called everybody together. He wanted the whole family together. Uh, I had just started this new job in New York and I was um, my first manager job and I was getting ready for a big presentation I had to give the next day. So I excused myself and didn't go to the um, to the house that night. That ended up being the night that he passed away. Um, and, it, you know, I think it took me many years to, you know, forgive myself for that and to kind of move beyond that. It affected a lot of um, aspects of my life. Um, but that certainly became a seed, you know, within um, some of the writing of the story as it as it came out. Another um, sort of profound event in our lives was when my uh, when my sister's son Matt passed away at a young age. I think that was the first time that I ever really understood the way that God can take a tragedy, something that we would certainly call a tragedy, and do something profound with it. Um, and I saw that the way that other people's lives were affected by that experience. Um, and that um, the central character's middle name is Matthew, and that was sort of a um, giving some credit to the influence that that experience had on kind of my life and on the book as well. Um, the third was my own flight with uh, cancer back in 2007. I had um, surgery for prostate cancer. It was successful, thank the Lord. Um, but that gave me a, a different perspective on illness. So you know, it's one thing to know somebody who's gone through a terminal illness. We've all done that. We've all um, had loved ones, you know, who've been affected in some way. Uh, it's different to go through it yourself. And so it gives you, even if it's something that's, you know, quote unquote cured and you move on, um, it changes your perspective on what it's like to be ill, right? Um, and what was amazing to me in that experience was that it wasn't a fearful experience at all. It wasn't something that made me afraid to die or even to think about, um, you know, death in any kind of a fearful way. It was really more of a fear of not living. Um, you know, living, being alive is very different than living, right? Yeah, um, and uh, so truly living is is all about caring and feeling and sharing and helping people, all the things that make us, you know, make life really valuable. And I felt like um, at the time, 10 years ago, I really wasn't doing enough of living. I wasn't doing enough of caring. And so that was sort of a profound thing. And I think that some of those lessons come out in the story as well in in the way that things worked out. The last of the four sort of big events that kind of brought me to the point in 2015 of really wanting to finish this was something that – was very impactful for our family. I'm not going to talk much about it because of uh, the impact that it is still a sensitive point in our family. But we lost somebody very close to us, a family member in uh, who was providing aid in Syria. Um, and I, I'm not sh- exactly sure why that particular event really spurred me to want to finish the book, but I think it was soon after that and going through that experience 
that uh, you know I really began to feel inspired to go through the whole you know get through the story, and and that's when it really kind of took off and the characters began to come alive to me and and the story kind of wrote itself at that point. That's really cool because when that kind of thing happens, um, you know you feel like you're in the flow of it. Um, I like to think of it as you're you're in the spirit of it. You know it just it's just flowing out of you. It feels real. It's it's right where it needs to be. And uh, I can relate to a lot of the things you're sharing, you know, as we're recording this. Uh, it's the 25th anniversary of my dad passing away. And uh, these things make you uh, who you are. The things that happen to you, the good and the bad and the ugly, uh, they make you, they form you. And it's all about how you use them. You know, uh, we used to do a show called uh, The Dash in Between, you know, which was like, you know, the gravestone, you know, from birth to death. Uh, what you do in between is what really matters. And all those experiences you had, you know, and they're in your characters. You know, this makes the story so real. It's awesome. When you're writing, um, do you, is it something you, when you get going, you write every day or is it a little more sporadic or how does that work for you? It's um, probably more sporadic, but I try to write. Um, I have an iPad with, uh, and I do a lot of my writing on the train, you know, going back and forth to work. So I get in probably a good hour of writing a day, um, maybe a little bit more on weekends if I can That's sneak true. away and, you know, find some quiet time to do that. Um, and it, it's been kind of an interesting experience because um, I'll get into the story, especially if I'm on the train. And I, I know there were several times when I was writing without time. Um, which is sort of a pun because I had no time when I was writing. Um, but I would I would have to stop writing because my eyes had completely clouded up with tears and I couldn't see the screen, you know, as some of the stories were coming out. And um, people would be looking at me a little strange on the train, you know, I'm writing. Um, so, you know, it was an interesting forum. But, it, you know, I find that that's a good time for me to focus uh, and, you know, really settle into the story and, and kind of... Um, let it happen, right? Because you can kind of block out the world and let it happen. Actually, easier for me, ironically, to do it on the train than in, you know, in my office sitting at home because interruptions happen, and oh, yeah. I, I tend to be more distracted by what's going on around me. So, Yeah, it's, that's absolutely true. Um, the distractions, you know, when you have, those, you have those moments like you're talking about where you get teary-eyed when you're, when you're writing, um, I've experienced those myself, and it's it's amazing. Uh, that, to me, is the um, supernatural part, you know, of the connection that's going on, you know, between um, this thing fleshing out, you know, in front of your face. Uh, it's pretty wild. So your situation is quite different as far as how long it took you to come to grips with the fact that, you know— there was other powers that wanted you to write this book, mm -hmm. and uh, you got there. So now you're there— and I know you've talked about a possible follow-up. Uh, when can we look forward to that? Yeah, there is a book, too. Uh, it's in the works. I've only written probably a chapter of it at this point. Um, one of the things that um, I realized as I was writing book one was that it's impossible to tie up all the loose ends in a story and still keep the story interesting. You, know, you end up with war and peace. You know? <laughs> um, so I was trying to move fairly quickly through book one. And I got some feedback from some of the folks who read it uh, early on that it, they, they felt that it kind of ended abruptly. So I tried to use that a little to my advantage and make it into an introduction to book two. So I added the epilogue 
which kind of bridges a little nice. bit into what's going on and uh, going to go on in book two and sets the stage for, you know, Jimmy's um, character really developing into something that's even more um, sort of amazing than what happens in, in book one. So book one is all about the evolution of really a child becoming a prophet. What a story. What an interview. This is a great book. And I want you to stay tuned to part two, which will be released Friday morning. And you can find out more about what inspired Dan to write these characters and what influenced him, uh, influences in his life that caused him to write these characters. And also, this weekend, starting Saturday, you'll be able to download the book for 99 cents. That runs Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And then after Monday, it slowly begins to go back to its regular price. So it's a seven-day promotion, but if you hustle and this weekend, you can get it for 99 cents. Believe me, it is well worth it. So stay tuned for part two coming Friday morning. This is Russ Scalzo Chronicles the End Times. God bless. Keep looking up. The King is coming. <laughs>